welcome to Our Parents Did What? A Tour of the Parenting Perils of Yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. I don't know about you, but I want to hear some mom moments. Okay, so I have a quick one. I Yes. This one is, I think, specifically funny because of my brother, Joe. I recently discovered – so Emma is like – has a real aversion to most vegetables. She – she will tolerate grilled asparagus. That's a weird one to tolerate. <laughs> right? Yeah. She'll tolerate grilled asparagus. She's She can be convinced to eat some broccoli. But recently, I discovered that kid loves kale chips. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I got like a, he- like a full bunch of kale. I made kale chips the other day for like me and Joe. She wanted to try one. And she ate the entire batch that I made. It was a full bunch of kale and she ate the whole thing. And I was like, okay, so this is what I'm doing from now on for you. Duly noted. (laughs) She was like, these are so good. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Did she know like what it was? Yeah, I explained it to her as she was eating it. And she was like, kale, really? And I was like, yeah, like spinach. And she was like, no. And I was like, yeah, it is. And she's like, Okay, and she, like she just was taking like handfuls and like like a like a chipmunk just like shoveling. Oh my it. god, I was, like, this is amazing! So I have a really funny picture of her just with a bowl of kale, just like eating it. I sent it to my brother Joe, and I, <laughs> I I have to imagine he saw it and just immediately like threw up, vomited everywhere. <laughs> he hates kale so much. I know, I know. Oh, it makes me so I happy. I love kale. I know it's one of my favorites. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I'll do my food one too then. So recently, A, because I just – I cook and bake a lot, but B, because the nutritionist suggested, like, he was like, you cook and bake a lot, you should get Rini more involved in that. And I was like, uh, but, like, it takes so much longer and gives me anxiety. And he was like, suck it up and do it. So I was like, mm. okay. So <laughs> so I've been cooking with her more, but the, the one thing we cook together almost every day – now is scrambled eggs. Mm. And this kid, Jen, like obviously I will always supervise her at the stove, but like this kid could probably make scrambled eggs by herself. Like I help her crack the egg. Yeah. And I help her like with the pepper and stuff. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. she she like she cracks the eggs with me. Mm-hmm. She put she pours a little milk in. She scrambles them herself. She puts the seasonings in. She pours it into the frying pan, like the butter. She does the whole thing. Gets her little spatula out. And she makes scrambled eggs for us like every morning. And it's the coolest thing. And like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe I just underestimated what a, like a two and a half year old can do. But I oh, was yeah. like, like damn she can like and she gets it too and since she started making the scrambled eggs because she used to be weird with eggs she eats them every time now yeah yeah and we make we make a big deal we're like Rini made the eggs today they're so good mm-hmm. i was really surprised she does a great job yeah she helps me make dinner now like it's really it's i mean it's i don't always have the patience to do it yeah. but when i when i do like when i when i have no time constraints and i can like take my time making dinner She's a very good helper. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are great when like you don't have to be rushed and you're in a good headspace. It's great to do that kind of stuff with them yes. for sure. So I wish I had slightly more bandwidth for 
Well, when I don't, the, the, the problem that I've run into is when I don't feel like tonight, I was like on a time crunch and I was doing it in the instant pot, which like you can't really help me with that. When she can't help me now, she doesn't get why because like she's so used to being able to help me make dinner that now like when I say no, she's like, I don't get it. You always let me help. And I'm like, no, I don't have time tonight. So tonight I literally put a pot of water onto the stove. I didn't even turn the stove on. And I was like, Rini, you have to boil this water. <laughs> you have to stir it. Mm-hmm. And she just stood at the stove and stirred she the had a great time. water. Yep. And she thought she was helping. Yeah. I just need you to stir this. Yes. We didn't even need water. I was just like, here, you need to do something. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> One of the most important things I wanted to talk about during my section is that nowadays, not all playgrounds, but most playgrounds are made for all children of all different abilities to be able to use. Yep. That was a big thing in my town. I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago that they made one of our playgrounds, one of our biggest playgrounds in our town, fully accessible. Oh, yeah. Or so they thought, um, but they they made it, and it turned out that like there were many elements of it that weren't accessible, and they had to go back and change it. But it's like we're still in the learning process, I think, of of that. But this all started when uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act passed in 1990, which I can't believe it was 1990 that that passed. You know, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> I feel like it should have been much earlier than that. Mm-hmm. But it, it created new regulations for playground accessibility. Um, the problem is that obviously you couldn't just up and update every playground, right? So it's something that took time and they had many years to do it. And old playgrounds, I think, had a lot of time to update. So um, a lot of playgrounds are still not fully accessible to oh, yeah. children and parents with disabilities, but many of them are doing a very good job of kind of getting up to date, which, like I said, was like a huge thing mm-hmm. in in my town recently. In Portland, Oregon, there's an organization called Harper's Playground, and they have adapted local playgrounds to be more easily accessible for those with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And this organization creates open, even surfaces and spaces for play that all children can enjoy and access regardless of their mobility, including very gentle inclines that lead up to slides rather than stairs. Or a ladder, larger and wider swings, and more spacious and gentle sloping for climbing walls. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool organization that they make sure that local playgrounds that are already in existence can add in accessibility options. Yeah. We have a number of playgrounds near us that have, I mean, my kids see them and just think they're really cool big kid swings. I don't know, but they're like the mm-hmm. accessibility swings. And yes. They're the accessible <laughs> swings. I know. Rini likes them too. They, they just like, my kids love them. They're like, these are so cool. I'm like, okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's, if I look around and nobody, I think like yeah. needs it, I'll let her, I totally let her use it, you know, cause oh, they're yeah. just sitting there. I mean, it's a playground is for kids to play on and if if they want to explore it however they want to explore it i feel like that's that's fine but yeah the the other kind of swing that i've started seeing a lot more of that i i don't remember ever seeing when i was little i think they they must be quite new are the nest swings i don't know what that is so it's kind of like a tire swing but instead of a tire it's a circle 
and then like nylon a nylon web so it's like hmm. it's kind of like a like a papazon chair sort of but with like this nylon webbing and they can sit on it and it and it swings like in a 360 degree arc you know it can swing all over the place you can spin it you can whatever um but but they can hold on to like the the things and they can sit in the middle um so you can get a couple kids on it at one time and i think those are really nice cuz with the tire swings i think what's hard about them is like you have to put your legs in the middle. Yeah, and you you could fall through. You could fall through. You could fall back. You, there's so many things, but I think yeah. the next wings are much safer. You can lie down on them. You can lie down on your back or on your belly on them, which is kind of oh, cool. cool. So yeah, the <laughs> my one like most vivid playground memory from my childhood. Like I still live with like the guilt of this to this day. It was one of my first days at. When we moved to Kinalon, it was one of my first days at the new school. So it was in third grade. And I forget this kid's name. <laughs> and so long. I totally don't remember what his name is. But we were playing and I wanted to turn on the tire swing. And he was like, no, it's my turn. And so he got on. And I, in this like angry fit of like, it was my turn and I'm mad and I'm going to throw a little fit and walk away I took the tire swing and I like spun it really fast and then like ran away and I don't I don't think I'm a very strong person I was very small yeah so I really think like as an adult I'm like it was a it was a playground malfunction it was not a me malfunction <laughs> although it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't lost my temper but I like spun him and he hit into like the tire swing had like wooden beams on either side of it. Yeah. And he, and he hit into one of the wooden beams and he broke his arm. Oh my God. Yeah. See, playground injuries right there. <laughs> like, and I didn't know he had broken his arm until later because I had run away angry. Right. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, what? Do you think to this day he's like that Jen Tierney, she, <laughs> or Jen Salamone at the time? <laughs> I, I sure hope not, but like it's totally possible. Um, there, like there are two. I I never hurt a girl when I was young, but I did hurt two boys really badly. <laughs> I broke that kid's arm, and then I was playing like baseball on the beach with some kids, and there was this kid named Andy, and he was pitching, and he was making fun of me, and like insinuating that I could not hit the ball and I played softball. So I was like, I can hit the ball. Right. Um, and he was, he was teasing me cause I was dating one of his friends and I hit the ball and I hit it directly at him. <gasps> Obviously didn't mean to, but I gave him like a really bad black eye. <laughs> so oh my God, it's injuring people left and right. <laughs> hey, it's all part of growing up. Yeah. A couple of black eyes, broken arms. It was fine. <laughs> it's all good. Everyone survived. Everybody survived. They're both like, I'm sure, well-adjusted, happy people now. At least you have no playground fatalities in your past. That would no be a problem. No playground fatalities in my past. That would be bad. Yeah. Nope. None of that. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Well, in order to sort of stop playground injuries and fatalities from happening, the National Program for Playground Safety, which we talked about before, have actually designed a report card to make sure that local playgrounds are safe in um, specific categories. So supervision, age-appropriate design, um, fall protection, and equipment maintenance. So that was a big thing, too, is making sure the equipment is maintained and serviced, you know, yeah. and to make sure it stays safe. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and they encourage people if you have an idea to improve your local playground to contact your local parks and rec department or your school district to get involved, you know, to make sure that playgrounds are safe because parents are the ones that are there all the time. So you may see something or you may have an idea. So don't be shy. In my town, there's a playground at a beach near here. It's called Silver Lake Beach. It's just like a little town pond or lake or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a great playground. It's it's super accessible. I don't think there are any stairs. It's just like a ramp that goes up and then lots of really big slides that are really easy to get down. The ramp is like wide enough for for like a wheelchair or somebody who has a, a walker or you know or like if you're mm -hmm. a caregiver and you have a cane or something and you and they have handrails and it's just it's a great really great accessible playground. It's on sand because it's at the beach. So I always feel like really safe when we're there. And the playground was created in memory of Sean Collier, who was the, so he was a Wilmington resident. He was the the MIT security guard who was killed during the Boston Marathon bombings. So uh. it's like this really, whenever I go there, I have this moment where I can remember that, that man and also mm -hmm. that day. And so it's it's nice to have that as sort of a local thing in our town that that we can do. And I love that it's such a safe playground. Yeah. Which really is, I don't know, it, it makes when I go there, I don't have to think about them getting into any trouble, except when it's cold out and they want to go in the water <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> but other than that, Guy, you gotta have a car towel. That's see, the car towel comes in handy for many reasons. Yes, <laughs> car towel cover like it. Oh Do my it. god. <laughs> um, the other thing that that playgrounds have now that again, like obviously I see it when I'm there, but like it didn't dawn on me until I was doing the research was that playgrounds now are usually designed with either like meeting spaces or like like picnic tables where you can like sit and either have a snack or you know socialize little pod areas or timeout areas yep. there are sometimes like little shelters like for mm -hmm. kids to socialize so not like yes. the big shelter for parents mm -hmm. um covered areas to get out of the sun all things that like I guess I appreciate while I'm there, but I don't even notice I'm appreciating it. Like it's just like it's just the way the playground is designed, but ways to just make the playground experience more intuitive and um, more enjoyable. Yeah, our kids, that's they always meet new friends in the in the clubhouse. It's actually mm. called like the clubhouse at one of See? our playgrounds is like it looks like a little clubhouse like got got a little you know, picnic table in it and then like a little roof on it. And they go in and like Joey and Em will be sitting there and two other kids will run in and sit with them. And then they'll just like fall into conversation and be chit-chatting away for 15 minutes. I'm like, and that's it. Hey guys, cool. Great. And that's the way it goes. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. So now let's talk about, we, we've just talked about all the ways that we've made playgrounds safer mm -hmm. and better for kids and different age groups and just, you know, makes you more comfortable as a parent. However, mm. in the past few years, there's been this like growing movement of parents and actually also of child psychologists to kind of revert back a little bit to like the days of more laid back parenting, like getting away from helicopter parenting and to almost encourage what they would call more risky play. Not that they want people to get hurt, but yeah. almost like you said, like, oh, they get hurt sometimes, but you know, you learn and it's nothing more than a band-aid, but that kind of thing. Like 
learning that it's okay to get a scrape or a cut or whatever. And, and it's kind of part of the play process. So in America, adventure playgrounds are coming back and they kind of encourage kids to explore and be a little more fearless in their play and not constantly be like looking back to mom and dad. In fact, some adventure playgrounds don't even allow mom and dad, which is a little terrifying, but yep. um, we'll get there. So like children will play amongst almost like junk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, old tires, ripped planks, broken furniture, wood. And in some adventure playgrounds, they even have things like hammers or like saws, like mm-hmm. things that kids could use as like tools. Yep. So there's a an, an adventure playground on Governor's Island in New York Harbor. Um and it's called Playground NYC's The Yard and it's literally a junkyard. Yeah. Right? So it's got all that stuff, like anything that's like junky and broken and tools and things like that. Parents are literally not allowed to go into the playground. They watch from behind a fence with a hand-painted sign that reads, your children are fine without advice and suggestions. Wow. <laughs> and I don't think you're allowed to go in. I mean, maybe you're allowed to go in if there's like an emergency. Yeah. But I think you're supposed to stay behind the fence mm-hmm. and just let your kid yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, if I knew – here's the thing. If I knew that that was the rule, I would happily, happily stand there and – but for me, Diane, and I don't know if this is the case for you yet. Maybe it's not quite, maybe you're not quite there yet. But so many of the things that I do for my children, I do, especially in public, I do because, not because they need it, but because I think somebody else expects me to do it. Yes. If I don't do it. There are people in my town who will call the police if they think that a thing that you are doing is not good for your kid. What? There is a FedEx store. There is a parking lot. And the parking space for the FedEx store is literally a two-foot walk to the door of the FedEx store. And if I have to bring a package into the FedEx store, am I going to unbuckle my kid from the car who I can see from the from, from no. the place where I am standing with my box to just, it's already paid for. All I have to do is hand it to the person and then go back to my car. No, I'm not. But do I bring my kid in so that somebody doesn't call the police on me for leaving my kid in the car? Yes, yes. I do. <laughs> I worry about the all, all the time when I <sighs> there's a coffee place that I love that they do like outdoor pickup, especially yeah. with COVID. And literally, Jen, I get out. I have to get out of my car, go up to the table outside, yeah, and just say my name, and they hand me my coffee. Yeah. And if 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 other people are there. I always take her out yeah. and it's, I feel stupid because I literally, I unbuckle her, I take her out, I give them my name, I get my coffee and I get back in the car. Yeah. It's so dumb. And I just, I was talking to Emma about this the other day because, because she asked me why she, cause she noticed that I was doing it. She was like, you're not really worried about this. And I was like, no, I'm not. But other people might think that I'm not a good mommy if I don't do this. And I know that seems silly, but I don't want anyone else to make you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or to make me feel uncomfortable because they don't think that I should trust you the way that I trust you, you know, however I worded it. And she looked at me and she was just like, well, why don't they just be helpers? Like if they see me by myself and you're not with me, why don't they just come stand with me until you come back? And I was like, yes, Emma, that's the way it should be. 
if somebody sees a kid a car in a car alone, they should stand next to the car until the parent comes back if they're worried about it, not call the police. <laughs> I do think there's a time and place to like if you see a kid in a car and it's a hot day if and it's like hot, yes, of course. Yeah, of course. But I also think that like there are certain situations where if a person stood there for more than 30 seconds, they would see that you were just literally dropping something yeah. off and coming right back. You know, yep. it's like every situation is different. Yes. So I think that for me, I I always like at playgrounds, I feel like I have to be on top of my kids because I don't want anybody to think I'm like the mom looking at my phone, sitting on a bench, not paying attention to my kid. And then my kid gets hurt. And then it's like, oh, well, you weren't even watching. Are you an okay mom? Ugh. So I just, so I'm just on all uh-huh. the time. I do it for other people. <laughs> I don't like to get involved. Like if she's talking to another kid and like, you know, one of them takes a toy. I usually just am like, they'll figure it out or she'll come over to me crying and I'll deal with it. But I worry that another parent is going to get pissed at me Yeah, if I don't like step in yeah. or another parent will step in. And I'm kind of like, did you need to step in? I don't yeah, know. I know. So I, I completely agree. I think there are – I didn't get into this in my research, but there is um, a thing called playground politics, which is exactly that. And it's like how because parents are expected to stay and watch their kids now at a playground, which to a certain extent is a good thing, mm-hmm. there are all these expectations put on them and it's sort of like it's there are so many politics between the adults on a playground yeah. and what you should or shouldn't do. But I think that will continue to change and evolve over time as well. Yeah. So there's this wonderful show. If you get an opportunity, if our listeners get an opportunity to watch it, there's this incredible show that's called The Secret Life of a Four-Year-Old or The mm. Secret Life of a Five-Year-Old. Like they do it for different ages. It's a it's a UK like reality-ish series. And it's the it's these caregivers, these like trained educators or psychologists or whatever and then like a group of 10 or 12 kids and it's just it's just recording their day-to-day interactions and how the adults do not get involved unless it's like a very specific sort of circumstance and the adults explain like they watch back the footage and they're like this type of conflict is super important for them to experience and get through on their own yes she feels left out yes she feels isolated from the group. Yes, that's heartbreaking to watch. No, I'm not going to get involved. She'll yeah. figure it out. And it's like it's it's very empowering as a parent to watch because it makes you feel like you don't have to be involved all the time and your kids will be better for it. So, yeah, I have that I have that issue with um it comes up at the playground a lot, but um I Rini's really not good with sharing mm-hmm. and we're we're working on it and it used to really bother me and then I sat and thought about it and was like unless it's another kid's toy that she's stealing mm-hmm. I don't really care yeah like if she gets in like a little altercation with another kid she'll learn how to deal with that and and if all the other kids don't want to play with her because she won't share maybe that'll trigger something in her brain to be like yeah. I need to play better with others but Again, like I worry if I don't go over there and say like, Rini, you have to share. That's that other parents are going to be like, oh, that kid sucks or that mom sucks. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I, I frequently am like, oh, we're pariah because of because of like this interaction or the way this happened or whatever. And so I 
I don't know. I struggle with that. And I think a lot of parents struggle with that because it's, you know, like, do you care? Do you care too much? Do you care not enough? Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. So that is where we are today with Playgrounds. For the most part, I think we are in a much better place. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I think parents are always going to make everything harder. We've got too much time on our hands. <laughs> yes, we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, not enough time, but somehow too much time. <laughs> well, we don't have enough time because of all the time we spend worrying about this Yeah. ridiculous Yeah. Stuff. How our kids are interacting <laughs> with one another and mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Excellent. Yay, playgrounds. We Yay. Did it. So you can find us online in many places. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are always at OPDW Podcast. You can send us email at OPDWpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us a review on whatever podcast listening platform you use, we're always thrilled to get those. They really help people find the show and they just fill our hearts with so much love. Yes. And our music is by Theo Rosenberg. So thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo. All right, Diane. Until next time. Find yourself a playground where you and your kids won't be judged for just being yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>